What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Home with the Cousins. We know there is no straight line through a construction project, and it's our goal to help you zig and zag in the most efficient manner possible to save you time, money, and heartache throughout the process. In this episode, we're talking about getting your home ready for winter. Yes, it is that time already. And there are some obvious and maybe not so obvious things that everyone needs to do to prep their homes for the colder months. And if you're someone who lives in a year-round warm climate area, this is a great opportunity for you to verify your systems in your home and do some basic maintenance. Remember, small investments in maintenance keep you from having large investments in problems. So let's jump into it. The first thing on the top of your list, right, is your heating and air conditioning system. HVAC, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Johnny Boy, you want to talk a little bit about... Uh, about what you should be looking for with your heating system? I do. And I first want to say, does it feel like fall here in Jersey? Because it kind of felt like summer the past Hell couple days here. no, man. <laughs> I'm ready for the fall. Damn. But we can't complain because... I can. Because, but the one thing is, I think this weather has been even better than the summer was. So... Sure was. Well, it's, you know, the heat's nice and there's no humidity, which is cool. But I'm, I'm ready for I some leaf changing. I'm ready for some cold hikes. Put on a jacket. Yeah, man. Come on. I, I, get I those nice warm socks. Get those boots on. My sweater's ready, <laughs> man. Sweater's ready. Get, the, get into some cardigan weather, man. And you know what that means? Get to pack on a couple LBs. It's time to... I don't need any more Can we eat? Can we You can pack some on some LBs. <laughs> I'm good. Why don't you talk about some heating and ventilation? All right. So, of course, you kicked it out. First and foremost, everybody, HVAC. The biggest investment mechanical-wise inside your home, you want to make sure that this stuff is working properly. You want to first make sure that since the AC is getting right, I mean, in Jersey, you still probably have it on a little bit, but you're going to be winding down. You want to make sure that you're calling up your HVAC contractor, maybe having him come down, do a fine-tuning, and you're going to be closing those up. One thing that I always do for myself with the leaves that are starting to fall, I like to put covers on my outdoor units. I don't like the leaves falling inside. Mm -hmm. It's something that I think a lot of people kind of so forget about. you put about. a cover over the, uh, over the condenser. Over the condenser, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's just something just to preserve it. Again, sure. with the ice, snow, everything that builds up, that's the first thing I do. And I'm kind of anal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want, hey, I listen. Don't want, so, I don't want leaves inside. But, but you know, look, the... the, the the heating and air conditioning system, a brand new one, should last you from anywhere from 20 to 30 years in your home. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean it lasts you 20 to 30 years without maintenance. That's 20 to 30 years with regular maintenance. And you can probably go further than that. And that's why I said small investments in maintenance keep you from having large investments in problems. And, you know, being anal, especially with your home, is a good thing because you're going to save a lot of money. So that cover is well worth putting over $10. The, the condenser every, every year. That's a, a, um, that's all it is. It and and also nothing. in terms of cost, you know, that that service from your HVAC contractor be around $100. Um, and what they're going to do is they're going to come and inspect the unit. They're going to clean the unit. Um, you know, the the particular nuances, I mean, there are so many different heating and cooling systems. We're not going to get into dust and buildup and water and drainage and all the rest of it. Suffice it to say that based on the heating and cooling system you have, the tech is going to come out. They're going to clean the system. They're going to inspect it. One of, the, one of the biggest things they're going to inspect for is carbon monoxide leakage, which is, we all know, is, can be very deadly inside the home. 
um, and uh, and just make sure that you're in general good operating order. $100 every six months to keep that system running so you don't have to replace it is is cheap. Is really really cheap. The other thing they're going to do is change your filters, right? So if like for no me, brainer. I have a forced hot air system, so the 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 filters are getting changed. You want to? You I like to change the filters every quarter, um, but being that that we're at a half here, um, you know, you'll be changing the filters again. Something I like to do, I I talk to my HVAC tech is I have him also inspect any of my flex lines that are in the attic or in the basement. Yep. Just because you know they can come undone, the tape that they wrap around the joints over time, and when you're blowing your AC through those seasons, the tape does give way. You do not want to be wasting heat or AC in an attic or in a basement. Right. So that's something energy savings wise. You can talk to him. You can say, hey, do a quick check for me. Make sure it's okay. And then you'll make sure that you're maximizing your system. And one other note here, guys, don't wait till you want to use your heat to do this. Yes. Uh, these waits can get very long. It, you know, w- once it's December and everybody realizes, oh, shit, I got to get my heat on. Why isn't it working? Call on service techs. Prices go up, supply and demand, and waits get longer. So, you know, it's, it's the end of September, the beginning of October now. Call. Do your schedule. It doesn't matter if you don't turn your heat on for another month, two months, two and a half. It doesn't matter. Get the service done. You know you're in good working order and you know you're prepared in advance, not on your heels, freezing your ass off, wanting your heat to be on. Well, you could get those weird days where it just drops and you might have to put your heat on at night. And if that happens and you're not properly serviced, you're saying, oh man, I don't want to turn on. I'm a, I'm a little nervous here. And it just allows you to have that sense of ease saying, no problem. It's ready to go. Absolutely. Um, so next uh, next is a very simple one uh, for anybody with ceiling fans. If you do have them, reverse them. You want to be, you know, in the summertime, the idea is that a ceiling fan is is pulling the hot air up toward the ceiling and the cool air is 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 coming out through your air conditioning, uh, your air conditioning system. In the wintertime, you want, you know, hot air rises, you want to reverse your fan so that it's pushing the hot air back down. In my opinion, ceiling fans work in conjunction with your HVAC system. So when the AC is on, the ceiling fan helps circulate the cold air. You want to pull that cold air up from the ground. Cold air drops. In the wintertime, you want to push the hot air down. Hot air rises. You reverse the ceiling fan. It pushes the heat. So it helps to circulate the air that your HVAC system is treating for you, either heating or cooling. It's actually a great point because, again, you talk about efficiency. You're Correct. helping your heating system work better. Work better. Right. You're not having it overwork. The same thing could be in in the summertime too, when you have your AC on. That's why you're you're making sure that you're circulating your your uh, your cold air. Yeah. So I think that's that's actually uh, a great point. And I'm going to throw someone else in there. Clean your fans, people. Yeah, go up there. <laughs> you can go up there. Get on a ladder. Clean those blades a little bit because you know that dust has been sitting on top there yeah. forever. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, okay, so uh, after ceiling fans, um, gutters. Gutters are a big huge, one outside of the house huge, now. Huge, huge. Clean your gutters. You do not want a bunch of leaves and sticks. And whatever else blocking the gutters, holding rainwater in your gutters, and then it gets cold. 
what happens? The water freezes, you're adding additional weight to the gutters, and you're adding expansion and contraction, which can let the gutters break free from the home or or just do or just damage the gutters um or just damage the gutters in general. So you really want to make sure they're clear so that everything gets through and comes down the downspouts. And I'm going to say this. I think you guys really, this time of the year, you should anticipate two cleanings. And I'm going to say this because in New Jersey, especially, we've had the freak snowstorms where end of October. And if you remember when we kind of had a couple of those, maybe people were waiting till the fall was officially over to clean it out. Yep. And there were leaves in there. Right. And you saw a lot of damage on their gutters because you have those freak snowstorms or ice buildup. It does happen. So I would really, really look to plan out too. It's 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 a good practice. And and again, it's it's not too much buildup. Yeah, la- halfway, halfway through the fall and then after and the then last after, leaf dump when, when the trees are completely I, bare. Yeah, you're probably like after Thanksgiving, early December is when you're kind of- Something like the, that. The final one. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it you know, depends on how many trees you got around the house and all the rest of it, but you definitely want to make sure that's clean. And in the same breath, we want to be diverting water away from the house. Um, now, this, this we're speaking more to your downspouts. The downspouts, the water comes down from the gutters and... You know, usually there's just a little 90 and and the water runs into your yard and that's that. In the wintertime, you really want to get that water a good three to four feet away from your foundation. Allowing water to seep in close to the foundation could allow that water to seep into the foundation wall. Then things freeze. What happens? Expansion, contraction. You get cracks in the foundation. It allows water to begin to penetrate your home. So it's something that you you definitely want to pay attention to. And and an extension leader, I mean, you're talking a couple of dollars here. It's you don't, you know, you don't even need tools. You just sleeve it on to you just leave it onto the existing downspout and just get that water away from the home. Yeah. And if you guys have definitely seen them, you can go to your local hardware store. It looks like a slinky almost. Um, and you can move it and it, it it expands and contracts. So if it only has to be two feet, it's two feet. If it has to be five feet away to really get that water away, that's what you want to do. And on top of that, when you are out there checking to see where the water is running around your foundation, check your foundation. Do a quick walk around. It's a great point. See if you have any cracks. Yeah. See if there was any expansion contraction it does you know it does happen in the winter and summer people always have to remember when you go from the 90s down to the 20s down to you know you can get into into the negative in the northeast you really want to make sure you don't have any cracks you don't have any issues if you have that this is the time to fix it yourself or call up a contractor if you see that it really needs a, a lot more work you just do not want that ice getting in because if it gets into your foundation that's where you could have a blowout and you could really have major issues downstairs in your basement. Without a doubt. Yeah, you don't want to mess with structural issues. That is for sure. Um, moving from there, uh, we're staying outside for a minute here. Um, also check your roof. Um, you know, this is this is just good maintenance 101, but being as it's a change of seasons, uh, you're going to have a snow load up there. Get on a ladder. And if you're not comfortable getting on a ladder, don't. Hire someone to do it. But if you're comfortable, 
get on a ladder, get up on the roof, and you just want to walk around, um, you know, touch the shingles, see if anything's loose, see if anything's damaged. Um, you know, you don't want to be lifting the shingles up or, or, or forcing them loose, but, you know, it, damage should be should be pretty easily spotted on a roof. Um, you're going to notice that a, a shingle is moved out of place or the pattern isn't quite right. And um, and if you see that, then it's definitely time to, to, to call a professional and and um, and make sure you don't have any leaks and and uh, and if you do, just have that have that shingle patched up. Yeah, because you you could really have a very minor small leak, and your and your plywood that's underneath there is starting to really rot out, and you could feel that if you're walking and it's a soft spot, then even if it's a even if it is a tiny, I mean, it could be the tiniest tiniest of leak. Like you said, we start getting. A bad winter, and this could be. I, I'm almost feeling we've the past couple of years we've we've been okay in Northeast. I, I feel like this one is gonna is gonna it's it's gonna come with some some fury. You have that snow load up there. Yep. You do not do not want to have that type of damage coming in. So it's well, and you also don't want to be going up there once there's ice. If you have if you have water coming in, you got to check a leak when there's snow and ice on the roof. That is some. Very precarious, uh, very precarious uh, hiking around. That it you is. Do. It is. But I think that's a good point. This is like like we said. It's nice out. It's in the seventies and eighties for for most of the country. Still, you can go up there. You can walk around. You can check that out. And if you see something you're unsure of, guys, just call up a contractor. It's better off safe than sorry. I say it's worth it. A hundred dollars to have someone come out and check it for you. Yep. Then to be in that winter time. And it's a it's a much larger problem. And I'll tell you right now, go with your gut. If you feel it's a problem, it probably is. Yeah, have somebody look at it. You know, again, it's it's maintenance, small investments in maintenance. You pay somebody a hundred dollars to come out and they tell you it's not a problem, you just verified to yourself that that you're in good working order. But that hundred dollars, if they find a problem, that's that's cheap compared to figuring it out the hard way. Um, staying on the outside of the house, um, exterior faucets. You want to make sure you not only shut them down, but you also drain the pipes. If you don't drain the pipes and you allow the water to sit in those exterior pipes, that's where you're going to have uh, that's where you're going to have a pipe burst from again from the expansion and contraction. And when you go to turn things back on in the spring, it's going to get very very ugly. Um, you know, my dad is actually. He is methodical about draining uh, the the pipes, especially down at the shore house. <laughs> shore house. And uh, last summer, not this past summer, but the summer before, the outdoor shower that's on the deck, uh, it had a it had a blowout. Uh, he drained it, but there must have just been a little bit of water that that sat in in one of those elbows. And man, I'll tell you, when I went to turn the shower on, the the water came spraying out of everywhere. Um, and actually, that's not what happened. When when he turned the outdoor faucets what? back on, no, I was uh, I, I was just touching my face here. I was <laughs> I shaved today, so it's nice and smooth. <laughs> when he turned the outdoor faucet back on, I was in the backyard and I heard something just spraying. And I was like, so I opened the, the shower door and there's water going everywhere. So we shut it back down. We cut the you know we 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 cut the piece of uh, burst copper out and we we soldered in a uh, we soldered in a new piece of pipe, but. If that happens and it's inside a wall and you can't tell and you just hear something but you're unsure, you can cause a lot of damage in a very short amount of time. So you really want to make sure you take the time to not only shut down the exterior faucets, but you want to drain those lines. And I want to ask you this. what I, I know when I built my house, I did the frost-free ho- hose bibs outside. 
I mean, I think that's something too. If anybody's maybe had any issues or they're thinking about it, it's a good thing maybe to have a plumber to put those in. They're they're it's not it's not a lot of money. It's, yeah, well, it's pretty fro- cheap. Frost free is great because it keeps the open and the closed part of the valve, you know, inside the wall where the where the insulation is and and it really limits how much exposure to the cold. But Man, it's still a risk. Still Even a risk. with frost-free hose bibs, I still shut down my outdoor water, drain those pipes. And, you know, for those of you who have not drained a line before, when the the, the correct way the plumbing should be done when you have an out when you have outdoor faucets is that there should be a, a relief valve somewhere inside, usually near the plumbing manifold in your utility room or in the basement, because it is a gravity-fed system. What you're looking to do is it should be zoned. So when you, meaning when you shut off your outdoor water, the water throughout the rest of your house still operates the way it always did. But after you shut that water off, there's another valve just above where the water shutoff is that allows you to open that. And when you open that, along with the faucet that's outside, the gravity pushing back into the house allows all that water to come draining out. Obviously, you want to have a bucket present. You want to make sure that water isn't going all over your basement floor, wherever that valve happens to be. But you do need to take the time to do that. And in the same breath, if you don't have a zoned system with a knife valve that allows you to shut off only your hot water heater and an additional spigot to then drain that outdoor water, you're you want to call a plumber and have them take a look at it because it's not something that's super expensive to put in. They'll have to shut the water down in your house probably for two hours or so, and they'll be able to solder in a knife valve, and they'll be able to solder in an additional hose bib, and they'll show you how to actually drain that water. But that will save you a lot of time and a lot of heartache going forward. And those things, like you said, it's not a lot of money. No. So it's no, it's a, know, couple, it's, it's a couple dollars in plumbing parts, and it, the most amount of money there, honestly, is the labor. Yeah, you know, you're it. you're going to be a couple hundred dollars in labor to have yeah. the guy come out and and do that, and um, yeah, yeah, but proactive, 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 baby, always, babe. That's what always. it's about. Um, another one. This is one of my favorites to check for, um, just because uh, I'm a nerd and I love this stuff. I, I can't wait to <laughs> I can't wait to hear this one. Now he it's it's heating and cooling loss. Uh, checking for heating and cooling loss around your windows and doors. Um, and you know it's as simple as running your hand around the perimeter of of windows uh, where the molding meets the wall and the window uh, and the window frame, and seeing that you know if it's cold outside and it's hot inside, are you feeling that cold coming in? Um, you know, if, if you're feeling a lot, if you're feeling a small breeze, you know, maybe the insulation is, has deteriorated or was never done properly. But the idea is you want to have a nice tight envelope that is your home. You don't want air coming in and you don't want air going out unless that's what you want, unless you're opening your windows. So if you're heating your home to 75 degrees, 72 degrees, you don't want your heating system working overtime because there's a draft coming in the home. So, you know, walking around and checking for heating and cooling loss around all your windows and all your exterior doors um, is 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 a great way to uh, to find out if you have any of those leaks. And then, in order to in order to fix that, um, you know, if it's if it's a small crevice, something like silicone or caulk is going to be fine. You just you buy a tube of it, you run it around the edges, and you seal it up. If you're feeling a, a much bigger breeze, it may be the type of job where you want to pull off the moldings that are around the window 
and and see what you're looking at. If you're missing a lot of insulation, um, something like um, great stuff foam that expands uh, is a great way to fill a lot of cracks and crevices in in a quick way. That's a, a very efficient insulation. Well, since you did your favorite, I'm going to tell you a little of my favorite. Oh, wait, I'm not done with you. Oh, you're not done? No. <laughs> oh, I keep no, on. No, no, no. Oh, everybody, it's, it's. There's, there's a great, <laughs> there's a great going. tool. There's a great tool. Um, FLIR makes a camera. F-L-I-R oh, is the yeah, company. That's right. Not associated, but I do love their products. Um, FLIR makes a camera that will plug into the bottom of your iPhone. I believe it's about $150. Um, and it's a thermal imaging camera. So if you're unsure of what you're... And this is also great for leaks in the walls, by the way. This thermal camera shows temperature. So if you were to take a picture of a person, it's going to show up in pinks and reds and depending on the heat that's emanating from their body. So if you were to aim this camera at a wall that is insulated and a window next to it, and the window has shitty insulation, well, you're going to see... A, a deep or a dark blue mark next to orange, oranges and yellows, which are the warmer areas. So it's a great way to really understand um, the heating and cooling loss you have in your home. And, and I said it's good for leaks as well because cold water is a temperature. It's cold. So if you're, if you're, if you're facing that camera at a wall and it's an internal wall, and you've got a, a streak of blue going through an otherwise yellow or orange image, you, you, you know, it's either a cold water pipe and everything's fine because it's in a line. But if you start, if you see that spray going all over the place, you know, you've got a leak. So it's a, it's a great piece of technology that if you're so inclined, uh, like myself, you can, uh, you can nerd. check that out. Tech nerd. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is cool though. That I, I, now did, do you still do you have that? Uh, I don't. I, I don't have one. But I thought I you did. You did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's thought, a new one coming oh, out so that I'm. Oh, so that yeah. I'm. Uh, That's it. He's got his got his sights yeah, on the, the new the one. Flare, the Flare One Pro. Oh, the uh, one yeah. Pro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, my my favorite thing to do, and this is again because my nerdiness will come out, is two things maybe people don't think of normally. One. Clean your windows. Now, why are you cleaning your windows? Because we want to make sure that the sunlight is getting through. Basic, basic, basic. You don't want to overuse any of your heating system. You don't want to really push it too much. If you can have the sun heat up your home in those cold months, that's what you want. Use that solar gain to your advantage. That's it. Yep. So something easy. It's kind of a little therapy for me too. I like going out there. You know, clean the window, make it look nice, see my image in there. Perfect. Yep, there you go, there you buddy. Go. <laughs> make sure that hair is perfect. Make sure the hair is perfect. <laughs> it's looking good. And then also clean your dryer vent. A lot of people- That's a great one. Might not think, oh yeah. I mean, look. Change of seasons is a great way in general to do maintenance because it's like, look, the temperature's changing. I should do this. Yeah. And and cleaning the dryer vent isn't hard if you have easy access to the back of your dryer vent. Uh, again, it looks like a slinky. You take it off. You can vacuum it out. You put it back on. Go outside your house. You can vacuum around the vent and the exhaust on the outside as well. So you're getting all that lint. You don't want any buildup of lint anywhere 
on the outside. Again, it's going to make it more difficult in the wintertime if you have to go out there, unclog it. Do it when the weather is nice. That's what it's all about. Without a doubt. So yeah, so just make sure that you are checking that dryer vent, cleaning it, cleaning it out. You take the vacuum. It's a couple of minutes. It's nice and easy. And then you don't have to worry about it because if it's if it gets into the colder months and you have to go out there and you have to unclog something, you don't want to be outside freezing your ass off. No, I think that, that's what it comes well, down to. Well, and it's also you know it's also fire prevention. Absolutely, lint is, is, lint, is super flammable. It actually, that is one of the largest reasons for home fires. Absolutely. Um, so that's a great point. Um, and and uh, staying on the vent cleaning uh, vent cleaning tip here for a second. Uh, anybody's got a fireplace, want to be checking those chimneys. Um, I know it sounds mundane and yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, you know, birds make nests in the summertime. You want to really make sure that you, that your chimney is clear, clear from debris. And, you know, if you haven't had the thing cleaned in five years, you should. Um, a lot of a lot of people now are moving toward lining their chimneys with uh, stainless steel. Um, you know, the soot and the and all the char builds up on a brick surface. Not to mention, it begins to break down the mortar over time. Uh, the, some of the buildings that we work in here in Hoboken, Jersey City, Manhattan, I mean, we're talking hundreds of years old. Yes, mortars come a long way, and 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 the technology behind it is a lot different. But you know, a lot of homes throughout the country are older homes, and if your if your chimney has not been repointed before. Let me tell you something. It's scary. You can you can really push these chimneys, some of these chimneys, right over. So, both a stainless steel liner um, and or you know having your chimney repointed um, again f- from a maintenance perspective is is going to be a big help. And the other thing that you know if if you don't want to have it, if you don't want to be dealing with having to to check your your chimney for debris all the time, add a chimney cap. You know, put something that doesn't allow animals to to get in there and, and to build nests and, and the like. Um, but definitely definitely something you, you want to be paying attention to as well. Uh, something that I like to do, um, especially when you're living out in the suburbs and you're getting ready and you're thinking about that snow, if you have a snowblower, I'm telling you, because I remember my father not doing this, mm-hmm. Check the snowblower <laughs> and make sure that it's running before the snow Start actually starts. Start it. Has the battery? Is the battery charged? <laughs> battery is uh, is the gas still good? That's inside it. Did right. you drain it because the gas could have gone bad? All these people, you know, you you think of those things like, oh, of course, yeah. No. So your father used to do that, but his brother. His cousin, his cousin his co- owns a lawnmower That's, shop. Yes, and, a and he forgot, shop. well, he forgot doing it. He forgot to do it. So oh, that man. was something. Look, it only has to happen once, and then you learn your right. lesson, right? That's the truth. So that's why, as with most things. As right? with most, but that's things. what that's the whole point of this. Don't even have it happen once. Yes. So run it, start it, make sure it runs. So when that first snow comes, you're like, okay, yes, I tested it. My snowblower is up and running. If it doesn't kick on, perfect time. Take it down to the mechanic, get them to fix it. There's no issues there. And, and in the same breath, John, you know, prepping your lawnmower or your leaf blower for winter yes. as you're prepping your snowblower for use, yes. it's the perfect time. Do it all at the same time. And and it's simple. You know, you can you can add some fuel stabilizer. If you have fuel in the tank, you know, you, you want to get it as full as possible so that there's not air uh, in the tank uh, for things to start oxidizing and you want to add fuel stabilizer to it. 
The other way to go is to run it until that tank is empty um, so that so that when you put in brand new fuel in the uh, in the springtime again, it's it's going to it's going to dilute that old fuel so quickly that it's not going to matter. The other thing that's good to do for winterizing is um, spray a light coat of oil over all the metal bits um, to keep them to keep them from from rusting. So it's it's just a good way to to uh, protect that expensive equipment while it while it sits in the garage for a couple of months. And when I'm when I'm also on the outside, I like to walk around the perimeter of my property and look for any trees, branches, anything that looks like it might even be dead or it's starting to go down that path. Sure. Because this is the time to cut it down now or to maintain it because again, snow loads issues no loads on a dead tree it's coming down it's coming one down. way or the other it, it's coming down and you don't so, want it to hit the house no. that's for sure so i think it's that's the also time when you're out there checking perimeter you're, you're walking around you're doing those things it's a perfect time yep. to kind of see if you have any issues there uh one more item i have for in the house um if you have a sump pump in your house if you don't you don't really need to know to worry about it but uh and if you don't know what it is a sump pump is basically a hole in your foundation floor uh with a bunch of rocks in the bottom of it and a pump that sits in there and the pump has PVC pipe attached to it that goes right into um, right into your uh, your plumbing system and, and drains away from your house. And as groundwater seeps toward the surface, the sump pump removes that water before it hits your basement floor, soaks through your basement floor. Um, we have a lot of groundwater here in Jersey City, Hoboken area. So most most buildings have a sump pump. You want to be testing this thing. Do you have a battery backup on it? If so, make sure the batteries are charged and are holding a charge. Um, a simple way to test it, take a five-gallon bucket of water and start dumping it into the sump pump hole. If the float if the float is triggered and, and floats up to the top and the pump turns on, everything is in good working order. If that pump floats up and it and it, some, and the pump does not turn on, you've got some type of issue that you've that you've got to look at. The good news is most sump pumps for residential use, they're they cost around $150, $100. They're they're not super expensive. So if you have an issue, it's better to know before the springtime when all that snow melt and that groundwater starts rising fast. You don't want to have to replace a sump pump when you need it. You want to replace it before you need it, um, so that it's in good working order for when that for when that spring melt comes. And inside, if we're going to stay in, in there also, I think uh, something that people should think about, if you don't have a mudroom area, think about kind of creating one, doing a, an area where you're going to, where your boots are going to go, if you're going to have trays to put those Tray wet Tray with like a lip on it. Exactly. It's a good idea. You know what? I actually need a new one this year because mine cracked last year. They, and you know, again, those are- I don't have a mud. I mean, I just have my little entry area, but I'm going to, that's a great idea. But it's- and, Especially and, with the concrete floors because I can get slippery in here. Absolutely. Well, I think it's, you know, you don't, of course, if you do have a dedicated mudroom, great, but a lot of people don't. So if you create a small area that allows people to put their shoes somewhere, and even a, a tip, and we did this on, on, on the Rachel Ray show, if you have that tray- Put some 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 pebbles in it where your boots can kind of sit on top, right. so the, the water drains. Um, if there is any debris or anything on, on yeah, the bottom of your boots, below. it drains below. Of right. course, that's a so that idea. that's something again easy, easy little thing to do. Um, it's just 
I can't have people walk in my house with, with their muddy boots and the well, salt. You don't and- let me in your house in the summertime <laughs> with flip-flops on, bro. So don't talk about the winter. I know. Time. What am I talking about? <laughs> what, what am I talking about? Um, the last thing that I have, um, and we can keep going if you've got more, but the last thing that I've got is just a stupid one, but it, 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 eva- it somehow evades me every single winter. Um, number one, check your shovels. You know, Make yes. sure nothing's cracked. Make sure that, that snow and ice edge is still good on the end of it. And also, buy yourself some salt or some ice melt early. I can't tell you how many times I go to the hardware store and they're just out. You know, there's a, there's a, the, the, the weather station says a storm is coming. By the time I'm done working and everything else, and I think about I go over, pallets of this shit, gone. Gone. Like it freaking gone. vanished. You're- and I've got nothing, you know. So um, if you do it early, you know, get yourself three, four bags, stack it in the garage. A little tougher here in the apartment, um, but you know, I try and help my dad out with some some sidewalk cleaning. So I store it down in the, in the lobby of the building, and I just make sure that I'm prepared for when it does hit, um, and I'm not running around like an idiot. But no, I'm sure you'll see me running around like an idiot at some point. <laughs> well, again, proactive, proactive, proactive. Yeah, proactive. But it's, I think it's a great point. And if you have pets, look for the pet set, the pet safe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because with, with like Brady, yep. when you put it down really the regular, hurts their paws, hurts their paws and it, it's really it's painful for them. Yep. So that's what I would look at there. And the last thing for me, what I like to do, guys, deep clean. I know. Again, we've been talking about all these things. It's a good time to look inside your bathroom. Give that a deep clean. Check all the grout. Uh, check any of the silicone around the, your shower doors. Um, go inside the kitchen. Check your backsplash. Your backsplash. Check your your sink. Make sure there's there's just no leaks. It's 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 ma- it's you know you say clean, but it's the the, tra- the translation of uh, what John's saying from a cleaning perspective is when you're cleaning, you're up close and personal, and you're making sure that that everything it looks nice and is disinfected. But you're inherently looking at edges and cracks and crevices and it allows you to take stock of where things are and what might need a repair and again going back to the beginning of the episode here it's cheaper to maintain than it is to replace so you do this stuff seasonally and and it, it's just gonna it's just gonna keep your home in good working order you invest a little bit of money at a time and that way you're not investing huge sums of money uh, in an emergent situation where you've got to replace some something in your home that 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 is uh that is uh really expensive no that's a great point and that's what everyone talks to us about you know everyone always says how do i maintain it's just make sure that you're doing it every season yep be proactive Proactive. pay attention to your house and uh and and do these items that we listed off all right guys that is another episode of home with the cousins thanks for hanging with us bye guys Hey guys, real quick before you go, we just wanted to say thanks for listening to the show this week. And if you have a second, please subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. And share the show with your friends so we can keep growing this great community. Remember to check out homewiththecousins.com to read our show notes from this episode, see past episodes, download our free renovation document package, or just to send us a note. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Carino Anthony and at Culinary John. Our show is produced and edited by yours truly, with original music intro and outro created by Steve and Joseph Padula. I'm Anthony Carino, and thanks for listening.